Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. morning. May God bless all of you. And I thank God for the opportunity to, to share the word of God again today with the family. Last Sunday, we were blessed by Pastor Michael. And the foundation that he laid was very strong and we were really blessed. So as I was praying myself and waiting on the Lord to receive a direction for or from him concerning what I will share with the family today, the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart a question. So my teaching today will be just answering a question. I don't have all the answers. I can't presume that I have all the answers to that question. As the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 18, verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. So I can't presume that uh, I have all the answers to that question. The main topic given to us by Pastor Andreas is uh, God build his kingdom through sons and daughters, I can say that. So the topic of my discussion with you this afternoon or this morning will be why God built his kingdom through sons. So that's why I say that what the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart was a question. So my discussion will be answering that question. Why is it that God built his kingdom through sons and daughters? So last Sunday, Pastor Michael said something that uh, uh, I, I appreciate. He said something giving the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of men or the kingdom of this world. He said that in the kingdom of this world, we see a man, one man called a king, who exercised his authority, his rulership over his people. But in the contrary, in the kingdom of God, we see God as a king, but not using his rulership over people, but he exercised his authority and rulership through people. This is the difference between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. God rules through his people. But in this world, the king of this world rule over people. So in the kingdom of God, God works through his people. You will never see God walking physically at your workplace to influence people there. He will do it through you or through me. You'll never see God walking physically in a hospital or in the prison to share the gospel of Jesus to prisoners or the people who are sick. You'll never see God doing that physically. He will come there through you or through me. You'll never see God walking physically on the streets of the city where you, you are living to serve people. He will do it through you or through me. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. 
a city that is set on the on a hill cannot be hidden. No, they nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we see that we are the light of the world, the salt of this earth, and God wants us to shine. God can only influence this world through us. He can bring his life in this world only by using us. He's a king who rules through his people. He does not do it alone. So when we say that God built his kingdom through sons, we need to understand that it is not every believer who is a son or a daughter. I repeat what I said. When we say that God built his kingdom through sons and daughters, we need to understand that not every believers are sons or daughters to God. Sons and daughters are parts of spiritual families established by God here on earth. Your sonship in the kingdom of God is developed within a spiritual family where God has placed you. Without being part of a family, you cannot grow as a son to God. Even when Jesus came here on the earth, God placed him first in a family. He was first the son to Joseph and Mary before he presented himself to people as the son of God. He started first to be a son to Mary and Joseph. People knew him for a certain numbers of years as a son of Mary and Joseph without knowing him as the son of God. He presented himself as son of God after being first son to men. He could, he could just come as a mature man already 30 years and falling on a mountain somewhere and begin his ministry there, calling people, begin to choose the disciples. But God, through the life of Jesus, he tried to teach us the system how the kingdom of God operates, that you need to belong somewhere in order to be authorized to manifest yourself legally here on earth. So we are not in the church. I'm tempted to say amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah just just if you can be with me you can just shake your hand then i know that we are following Amen. hallelujah so, <laughs> you see god through jesus taught us the system of operation in his kingdom which is belonging to a specific jurisdiction before you are authorized to operate jesus was called Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph and Mary. He belonged first to a family. And I thank God that this afternoon, uh, I'm sharing the word of God. All of us here, we belong to a family called Alpha and Omega. We are blessed to be part of a family. Because God's system of operation, you need first of all to belong in a family for you to grow and become a son to God a daughter to God, and God can build his kingdom through you when you are growing as a son in a family ordained and established by him. So now let's answer the question. That was my introduction. Let me go to the question now. Why is it that God built his kingdom through sons and daughters? Why? I'll give you uh, three or four answers. Answer number one. It's because sons and daughters are carriers of spiritual DNA. 
they have within them the ability to reproduce or to extend the family. That is why God can build his kingdom through them. I repeat that one. Because sons and daughters are carriers of spiritual DNA. They have within them already the ability to reproduce or extend the family. Bible says in the book of Isaiah 53 verse 10, Isaiah 53 verse 10, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Yet the Lord was willing to crush him because yet the Lord was willing to crush him, causing him to suffer. If he would give himself as a guilt offering and atonement for sin, he shall see his spiritual offspring. He shall prolong his days, and he will, and the will good, the will of the Lord shall succeed and prosper in his hand. This is the prophecy that Isaiah was speaking about Jesus Christ. He said many years ago, before Jesus was born and Jesus was crucified, he said, yet the Lord was willing to crush him, causing him to suffer. If he would give himself as a guilt offering and atonement to sin, and I like the next part, he shall see his offspring. This is the first affirmation. And the second one, he shall prolong his days. And he will see that and the will of the Lord shall succeed and prosper in his hand. So now we see that Jesus Christ, God promised him that after his ministry, after his pain and suffering, even though he died, he shall see his offspring. And the offspring will prolong his days. We don't see him physically on the earth, but he's still living. Is living through his offspring, those who came after him. They shall prolong his days. So even in the natural, the same principle is applied. I am married. I have three children. So my family is composed with five people only. We are only five. Me, my wife, and my three children. And I think Pastor Andreas also many years ago used to be in the same position or condition like me there were only five him his wife and three children so every time they 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 they, they were maybe coming together as a family as maybe a bride or a family christmas there were only five people after the many years training his children educating them raising them and they became mature they got married after getting married now he found himself that he's not only with him and the three children, he has now himself, his wife, the three children, and, and now two sons-in-law, one daughter-in-law, and I think maybe five uh, grandchildren. So when you count the family, they are now something around 18 people, almost a, a church. So if they come together for a bride or a party, they are not anymore five. Me, I'm still five. No matter how good I can do, we are five people. So there is nothing myself I can do to extend my family. For my family to multiply, I must wait until my children will grow and get married and bring other people. So now, Pastor Anders did not multiply his family, but through the children, now the family is now not five, but there are 18 people. So the same principle is applied in the spiritual, is applied also in the natural. 
even in the spiritual family and churches, it's the same principle. The fathers will come and begin with the vision, but they will not multiply. The multiplication comes only through the children. Those who are growing, they have the ability in them to extend the family and to multiply. That's why I'm answering the question by saying, how, how is it that God only built the kingdom through sons? Because sons gave this in them, the DNA of the family, and they have the ability to extend or to multiply, to increase the family. That's why God can trust them and God can build his kingdom through them. That is the first answer. Amen. So sons will get territories that fathers would not be able to go themselves, but fathers will get them through the sons. There are places that the fathers cannot go physically, but they will go there through the sons. There are people that fathers cannot preach themselves directly, but they will preach them through the sons. That's why God works through sons to build his kingdom. So it is a great blessing for a father to keep living even after he passed away. Great blessing. Because Isaiah prophesied for Jesus that he will prolong his days, which means that even after his death, he will still be alive, he will still be relevant, he will keep living through his offspring. And it is a blessing for every man on the earth that even after I am gone, I'm still living. I'm living through my descendants, through the people who came out of me. So this is the system, the, 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 the philosophy of God as he built his kingdom. Uh, number two, number two, sons are aligned. They belong to a family. Why is it that God built his kingdom only through sons and daughters? Because sons are aligned and they belong to a family. They are not independent people. You can trace the roots. God is the God of order. He does not trust or back up independent people. The book of Matthew chapter one starts by showing us the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You will see they tell you that Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And you see when you go down, they tell you this one because this one, this one because they give you the genealogy. You can trust that this one was coming from this root. And God cannot trust the people who are all alone. He trusts the people who belong somewhere. So the reason God, Build his kingdom through sons, not only through believers, not only through Christians. It, it takes specifically sons and daughters because they belong somewhere. They are aligned. Without alignment, you cannot be trusted by God. You cannot receive the anointing. You are alone. It cannot work. This is the second reason. The third reason is because sons are mature and a gift unto the body. That's why God can build his kingdom through them, because they are matures and they are gifts to the body of Christ. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, speaks about Jesus. The Bible says the following, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It is, it is a well-known scripture for all of us. But look the way the Bible says, unto us a child is born. When they speak about the child, they say the child is born. 
But when they speak about the son, say unto us a son is given. There's a difference there. A child is born, but a son is given, which means a son is a gift. A child is just born, but a son is given. And in the kingdom of God, we all start by being born again. All of us, we were born again first. You are not born again as a son. You are born again as a child. And you will become a son as you grow in intimacy with God in the knowledge of God. No one is a born a son. You are born a child, but you will grow. By growing in intimacy, in maturity, in the knowledge of God, you will become a son. And the Bible said that unto us a child is, is, is born, and unto us a son is given. The one who is a gift is a son. A child is not a gift, but a son is a gift. Even in the spiritual family or a church, you come first in the church as a visitor, not a member. You start by coming as a visitor. And after that, you can become a member in the process of time. And, and after becoming a member, then by connecting with the leadership of the church, of the house, through relationship and submission, you will receive the impartation of the spiritual DNA of the family, and then you become a son. You don't become the son the first day you come. No, you don't become a member the first day you come. You start by visiting, and then you see, if you like it to come back again, three times, four times, then the conviction comes. You go, that's why in the church we have we have the membership course. And, and beside the membership course, there are also sonship and the, the discipleship training. So you don't become a son the first day. You will become a son in the process of time. Even when you are born again, you don't become the son the first day. You need to grow. You need to grow in relationship, in the knowledge of your father. And then you will become a son. So that sonship is developed in the family where God has placed you. You get to understand that you are a member to an organization, but you are a son to a man. That's why I say that you come first as a visitor. You will become a member. The member not to a man, the member to a church, to an organization. But the moment you develop relationship with the leadership of the house, by submission and relationship, then you can become a son. You are not a son to an organization, you are a son to a man. The difficulty that many church went through this time of lockdown because we had a lot of members, not sons. When they close, the members are attached to the building. They depend to the office time at the church. They are not attached to a man. So the moment you close the building, it's finished, the church is gone. Because they are not sons, they are members. But sons are not attached to a building, they are attached to a man. So whether the building is there or not, they're still connected to a man. And God cannot build his kingdom with people who are connected to a building. He built his kingdom to people who are connected to a man. So this is the, the system of operation in the kingdom of God. Only sons are gifts. Hallelujah. In the book of Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Now, I say that the ear, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is the master of all. The ear, as long as he is a child, it does not differ. He needs to grow. 
reach the level of maturity, be able to possess what is for, for him in the kingdom of God and become a blessing for his generation and a blessing for other people. The sons are the blessings to the creation. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation, eagerly wait for the revealing of the sons of God. This creation is waiting, is crying for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? This world is ruled by darkness. Look what is happening actually around the world. Darkness is prevailing. We are living in a time of great corruption. And the Bible says that we are the light of this world and the salt of the earth. It is our responsibility to extend the influence of God's kingdom here on earth. Not everyone is called to preach. Others are called in the business. Others are called to be medical doctors. Others, teachers. Everyone in the field where God has placed him has the responsibility to shine and create a way for others to enter in the kingdom of God. So everybody has that responsibility. So that's why God built his kingdom through sons and daughters. And the moment we begin to realize I'm part of a family, I'm not just there to sit and watch what is happening, but I, 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 I begin to realize that I have a responsibility. I have a role to play here. I open my heart and I begin to embrace the vision of the house, to embrace what God has already ordained and prepared for me in that place. The moment we begin to open ourselves, God will release his anointing on us. That anointing will transform you, will empower you now to stand and, and manifest your destiny. Because if you just sit and watch what is happening, you are faithful coming at the church, you are faithful in giving, you are faithful in praying, it's good. To be faithful in that area is not bad, but what I want you to understand is to know that God must will build with me. I have a role to play. What, what is my, my responsibility in extending this family? What can I do in the area where, where God has placed me? What can I do to extend this family? Whether I'm a medical doctor, whether I'm a lecturer at the university, whether I'm teaching at high school, whether I'm selling in the shop, wherever I am, there is a vision in the house where God has placed me. What can I do to bring that outside and to bless other people? When that comes in your heart, you receive the anointing that will remove fear that will remove uh you're not you, you receive the boldness to do that for god last last sunday we were in alpha and omega with my wife and the kid and uh, pastor michael called stephen to come and uh, lead for the, the holy communion so when he came he stood there i look at him speaking when we left the place i told my wife i i i i, I know stephen for nine years but the way I saw him speaking, I can see that he has more boldness, more confidence. He's speaking. It's not like the same statement that I, I knew before. And as we were talking, driving, then something came in my heart. And I told my wife, I said, the moment you open your heart, you have the willingness to receive and take responsibility. The anointing comes on. You may be at a place for 20 years observing. You will not catch the anointing and the grace of that place. But the moment you say, no, now I think I can do something. Let me receive something. Let me position myself to do something. Automatically, people will be amazed to see how fast you will grow. 
how fast you begin to operate because that anointing was hanging upon your head, but it was waiting for you to open your heart. You know, now I want to do something for my family. Then God can trust you and build the tree. So I think I wanted to speak only 30 minutes. And I spoke my 30 minutes. If you have a question or a comment, you can do it. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.